Welcome to Creators Our Brands, part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. I'm your host, Tom Boyd. I'm a creator strategist, and this show explores how storytellers are building brands online. In today's episode, I am sharing someone else's episode that I was a guest on. So this is from the Creator School Podcast by Sean Jantz, and it was a wonderful episode. He asked me some great questions, so I said, hey, can I share this on my feed? So uh, I, I hope you enjoyed this conversation that we I had with Sean where we talked about why I started a podcast around creators, my infatuation with the creator economy, what, what I've learned from some of the guests on my show, some of the favorite takeaways from the show, what I would change about TikTok, believe it or not. He, that was I thought that was a great question. We talk about mindsets around short-form content, advice for landing brand deals as a micro-creator, and much, much more. I hope you enjoy the show and the conversation as much as I did. All right, let's get into the convo. Hey, creators, Sean Jantz here. And as you know, the show is called Creator School. So fittingly, I am bringing you today, and he doesn't know I call him this, but I'm bringing you today the TikTok professor. A little, uh-huh. little analogy there from my fellow millennials and street ba- and one street basketball, the professor. It's how, yeah. it's how I like to think of this guy. And I think you're going to get a ton of value from him. And so Thomas Boyd, Thank you so much for coming on. Welcome to Creator School. You know, N1 Basketball started up the street for me, too. Did it? About Yeah, yeah. Not that far away from me. So you, do you uh, know the professor? I, I don't know him, but the the creators of N1, the creators of N1, it started in Paoli, and I'm I'm like the town next over to it. But like I, I see watched, the founders. I see the founders. I watched the documentary on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, so the yeah, I would kind of that's what I do on these shows. I throw curveballs real quick. You give me something to talk about, I'll talk about it. But yeah, but it's actually an inspiring story. Like when I saw that, I was like, that th- that was some of the first creators. Like that were like they use storytelling to make this make their brand relevant, and they connected with the subculture, and they created this docu series, like called N One Mixtape. That if YouTube was around then, it would have probably been right. the number one YouTube channel in that space. Yeah, so for sure. I always kind of like to look at like how like the different evolution of like how people tell stories are able to connect their brands to the world. So what what did you say by the way? Did you just welcome me? Did you ask a question? <laughs> I said you don't know this, but I think of you. If you had a if you had a name, man, I would call you the professor. Yeah, that's just you just remind so, me of, of Grayson, and I think he's done a really. I think his name's Grayson. I think. Yeah, I don't but know. He's even he's even become. He's a full-blown creator himself. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Millions so I, of subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, and, and I, I appreciate you saying that, but I would I'm gonna have to go against that. I I more <laughs> consider myself a a a a platform what's a platform experimenter. <laughs> you just um, you just uh, you just you you have the look of a professor. Okay, like okay, just, okay. That's just kind of my yeah, yeah. But but yeah, professor. It like for me, it feels kind of like, have that soothing voice. Like I don't know, you're really okay, good at teaching. Okay, my that's kind of why I, my style yes, is a TikTok exactly. professor. Yeah, well, from like a knowledge sense, I just don't want people to think that like like I totally I I I treat all the platforms like they're brand new, like every three to six months, because they're always changing. There's always, you know, new way, new things that are working, things that are outdated, things that people get used to, algorithm changes, updates to like how audiences consume. So the way I see it is just like, I have fun on them. I, I, I try to treat TikTok as if it's a 
playground where I'm inventing a game with my friends. Like that mindset. Remember you, when you were on the playground and you, you just be like, oh, what if we try this? What if we did this? What if we made this new rule and just have fun with it instead of this is this is like the the other side of it. Instead of the feeling of pitching this this presentation to a boardroom in a stuffy conference room, you know, like, you know, when like everything kind of has to be perfect and you're like anxious about it and like the delivery and everything like that, that world is like is what TV used to be right right now. TikTok is a playground where you're just inventing. You, you have this like you put your experimenting hat on and you just in, invent every single day with your friends and your friends could just be like your concepts, your ideas, the things you want to communicate. And that's how I treat TikTok. And I have a lot of fun with it. Here is one of the biggest reasons why I reached out to you, because I want to use this episode and use you as a case study for a lot of my audiences and then any new clients that I get. So in I'm sure we're all familiar with Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels. He has a book called Dotcom Secrets. And Russell talks about there are four identities to build an attractive character, an attractive character online. One of the identities is, the, is being a, what's called a reporter. And what a reporter does is they become so interested in a niche and they go out there and they interview people, they gather a bunch of information, and then they pack it up, package it, and share it with the world. And as of when I look out of the creator economy, you're one, you're at the top of my list of like, as far as the reporter, you're it. You're, you're like, you're the, you're the alpha reporter that I'm seeing. It's like, Whoa, I, love, let's go. I just love, I just <laughs> love how you are tr like using the reporter identity. And like, that's how anyone can get into starting a business, find something you're super interested in and just learn and get out there and then help your audience. How has being a reporter kind of helped you with your confidence and like your skill set in the in the creator world? That's a great question. So I have I have a I'm gonna have a, I have a question to you. What are the two? What are the three other Audis that he talks about? If you there's know a leader, there's a leader. Like yep. you've 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 done it, and everyone you're like, hey, here's okay. how I did it. Follow yep. me. Yep. There's the reluctant hero, mm -hmm. and then there is I actually have it right here. The adventurer. Mm, what's the reluctant hero? The reluctant hero is the humble hero who doesn't really want the spotlight or any fuss, but they know the information and secrets are important. Mm. So they must overcome their shyness and share with the world. And what is the, uh, oh, there's a lot of people that, 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 that have that. And then what's the other one? The, the adventurer the is someone who is curious, but they don't have all the answers. So they set out on a journey to discover the ultimate ah. truth. They like bring that. back I, treasures from their journey and share them with their audience. I like that. I'm a little bit. I'd say I'm a little bit of that. A little bit of both. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, yep. a little bit of that and a little bit of the of the reporter for sure. So you said, how does like kind of leaning into that character? How does that help my confidence? Yeah, you know, like being yeah. a reporter. You know, yeah. you've, you've like how has that kind of helped you? Like, I'm assuming going forward, you are gonna want to build something, monetize revenue. Like, yeah, yeah, right. How has this really helped you with your confidence, your skill set, like building a business? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, one, I, I think that the, the means that I do it through is a podcast. And I think a podcast is if if you are interested in a topic, it is like all all monetization, all all audience, all of like the big accolades, all of that aside, the excuse to talk with someone 
about a topic you care about for an hour for free for free <laughs> it's mind blowing to me that huh. more people aren't using this it's because pe- like people love to share their insights especially if you pick a niche where like people there are a- actually experts there like they'd love to kind of be known for the things that they're talking about and 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 dabble in these conversations so it's a great excuse to connect with like-minded ind- individuals i'd say like confidence wise I'm trying to think of the beginning of the show. So the show did go through a couple iterations the same way that you talked about yours. You know, it started more brawl, like, oh, I'm going to talk to anyone. But then I just realized that that's not just a it's that that just was a strategy that I wasn't excited about. And then I started to kind of look at my conversations in everyday life. And like if I'm at a party and someone like start tells me about this, like this YouTube channel they started, I, I light up. I have questions. I'm like, yo, tell me about that. When did you start it? Like, why did you start it? Like, are you mind- like, what's, what's the angle? Or you know, musicians that started their channels or people that are just like building around a TikTok around pickleball or like a random hobby and they're just having fun with it and they're they're following their curiosity. That I, I have a genuine curiosity myself about that. <laughs> so this show was just like, one, I was already having these conversations. And then it just gives me a, 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 an, an excuse to talk to people. But I think like there was a, there was like a moment where I, so, so, so you talked about the other one, the adventurer who kind of like goes out, like the, I think I combine a little bit of both of yes, them I can because like sure. I'm trying to build my creator brand, but I'm like using the podcast as an excuse to talk to other creators, how they yes. built theirs. Exactly. Um, so in the process, yeah, I, I I had some imposter syndrome at the beginning for sure, talking to some people. And I remember talking to Andrew Warner, who who who's one of the longest run has one of the longest running podcasts ever. Like it's been like podcasting like before podcasts were even a it was even a word. Mm-hmm. And so I was really nervous, but I was like really busy at the same time. And I couldn't prepare for the podcast. And I had like 15 minutes before the show. And and, and like I just like <laughs> I read I, read, I don't don't clip this. I don't want him to see this. But I read the outline of his book. That's all I read. That's all I knew about him. I, someone else connected me with him. It was like, yo, you got to interview him. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll prepare for it. Then I went into the podcast with only the outline of his book that he just wrote. Like, no, no, like, and I just used that as, as my template to ask him questions. And I, and I, and he then at the end of the show, he said, can I use this for my own podcast he liked it so much that he said he was like this is the most free-flowing conversation i've had like i would love to use this for my own podcast like can i can i repost this and like that was a moment where like i know that we're supposed to have our own confidence but like that was that was a signal from the Uh outside world that like that that i was going in the right direction and that was early on in the show and little things like that like it's that wasn't again that was one that was one like engagement that wasn't the podcast it wasn't getting a hundred thousand listens it's still not getting a hundred thousand listens but it was just like those little moments those little wins that you have to pick up along the way yep and 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 help like help with the direction of of where you want where you want like where you want to take your own creator brand yeah so your podcast is called creators are brands and i want everyone to go if you like my show you're gonna like his for sure Right. Yes. So obviously we're both in the same creator. And it's so funny. I still will meet people like, what is a creator? Like, so creator is still not even mainstream in the, in the, in the world. It, it's right? not, it's not. And it's broad. It's like saying the word athlete. 
like there's tons of different True. athletes. There's tons of different ways to train. There's tons of different coaches, like f- like fields to play on, like yeah, ways of being an athlete. And so I think where there's going to be more shows like ours popping up in specific creator niches. So yeah. keep going. I cut you off. What is it about the creator economy that excites you so much? What is it that fires you up? And when you chose the name creators are brands, I can imagine what that means. But what does that mean to you? Yeah, so that was two questions. The first one is what lights me up is, is is the most important one is that we have all of the resources. When I started in the music industry, you had to go through labels. You had to go through management. You had to go through publishing companies. You had to go through all of these people that like got to decide if you were able to get to the next level. But now you have all of the means to do that. Like it is it that's one of the most inspiring things to me like i remember all of the peers other people that i've worked with like trying to make it in the industry but then having some decision maker decide the next move yep. no you can build your audience with your phone in your pocket you can start making dropping a hook a day on your TikTok, like a, like a, a chorus. If you're a, a, a songwriter, you can start sharing tips for how to cook on your YouTube shorts. Like, and you don't need to go to NBC to try to get your show launched. You can connect directly in short form content, long form tweets, written whatever it is, without going through any middlemen to get there. And I think that is beautiful. Now, the one thing that does pop up is there's. There's obviously, and this is why I I create the show, and it's a lot of the basis for what I create with my shorts, is we do have all the resources. But still, like we talked about before, there's a lot of talented people that are holding back. And they're holding back because of mindset, because of self-esteem, because of trying to figure out their voice, their confidence, like and, and not actively working on it. Where I, I see, I see, I see people that are ten times t- more talented than like people that should be ma- that that are making it and famous, but they just don't have the the confidence. And I think that like that's a fun thing to lean into is okay, how do we get there? What are the little, little things that we can do that that can help our our self esteem that then shows up in everyday life? Because I feel like if you're confident in one area, that spills over to your day job, to your relationships, to your kids, to your friends. So I don't know. I just think it's a great outlet whether you want to be a pro or you want this to be a hobby. I, I, I'm just fascinated with people that put their stories out there, don't need to go through anyone and can build their own brands online. So that goes into the show. Creators are brands. That That's it. You just don't have to like we used to have to rely on big brands, media companies to 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 give us stuff in order to it in order to have a voice to build an audience to create this outlet that, that we're that we're super passionate about. But now you can create that by yourself. You are the copywriter. You're the you're the creative director. You're the content producer. You are the accountant. <laughs> you're you're the strategic mind. You're all of those things that like these traditional brands used to be. You can say yes or no. You are responsible. Like which is a which which is a challenge at the same time. But it's also it's also in, incredibly rewarding when you do when it does work and and it was your idea and you were able to put it out and connect with with a like-minded individual so yeah let me know if that answers the questions because i could talk more about creators are brands it does yeah yeah so you've been able to interview some pretty heavy power players in the you know online online business community 
what would you say, what are maybe like two or three golden nuggets that, they, that you've really heard that really have stuck with you even today? Yeah. It's like it's stuck with me. Golden nuggets. I don't know if I can recall any golden nuggets. <laughs> I can recall just like, like outlooks. Mm -hmm. So Danny Miranda, who has the podcast, the Danny Miranda show, and you should interview him. He is, he is someone that his, he is, he's, you can just tell how committed he is to the show. Like, and it makes you as like a, as not only a listener, and a guest, it makes you want to like want him to win. I don't know. I don't know how he does it. I don't. I don't know if there's a formula for that. But it's just. It's just. It's like I, I want to relate it to like a puppy dog. <laughs> like people love the puppy dog. They don't. They don't get mad at it. Like like he'll 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 bark twenty five times for you to be on his show, and and he just keeps there smiling and wagging and like and like he's just committed to the process of building this show. Don't clip that part where I I called Danny a puppy dog though. But you go you get what I'm saying. Like he just <laughs> no, has, I totally get it. Yeah yeah he's just. But it also just, probably inspires you to kind of like, hey, I want to. He inspires me to make my show better. Oh, and, you oh, know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. And we and and that's a big concept that I've been thinking about more recently. Is is competition? Is I think that there's a negative way to compete, and there's a there's a positive way to compete. And and the positive way is where it's like, there, it's it's not like if he gets more that I'm a loser, or or like vice versa. It's more like, yo, we can all we can all learn from what each other is doing. Uh -huh. And that's the point of competition improvement. So I look at what he's doing. Like he, he, he runs a newsletter. He, he just started a sub stack. That's a, that's a, you can subscribe to it. And he does like a private, like I think bonus podcast. So he's just, he's going all in on building around this show. And, and I admire what he does. I think Jenna Rainey is a, is a wonderful guest that was on the show. She the built, Excel? what's that? Is oh the painting the painter yeah Je yeah Jenna Rainey she built a she she's it, it's crazy because she's probably the wealthiest person that I interviewed on my show but you would she'd be also the one that you least expect and I like her because I think she is a great example of someone that's been able to create a course that doesn't fall under the category of like sleazy online course salesman yeah. <laughs> right she creates a course and i know for a fact because my wife has purchased her course and that's how i i went into her world and she teaches a, a course about art licensing and i know a lot of people just like there's this notion that like you can't actually get value from these these courses right so she she's an example where i know that it works i know that she's just taking a step-by-step -step guide of like stuff that she didn't learn in college about building a, a brand about licensing her art it was all stuff she had to learn through her own adventure as as uh -huh. russell talks about and she created a course on it and her ability to promote it is so genuine she goes on live she answers questions she gives she gives thousands and thousands of dollars of free content because I overhear it on when my wife's playing it. And then and then the people that like, you know, the top probably five percent, they're like, hey, I want that next level. They make that investment in, in her show. So I think just her ability to sell in a very genuine, authentic way is 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 inspiring to me. And I think she has a cool brand, too, because she like she works with her husband as her videographer. They kind of have this like just like a, they kind of built their brand around like the lifestyle that they want, which yeah. is cool. And I think that's a that's a that's something that I admire with this with this show. Yeah, and I like I, people should realize. I don't think I'll, I don't think a lot of people realize there are thousands and thousands 
of these creators out there making a million dollars a year in these tiny little niches, right? Yep. And it's just the power of over delivering and serving for your audience and building yep. that strong, strong community like your wife. Like I'm sure, I'm sure your wife came across her. She got nurtured in an email sequence, something like that. Oh right? yeah, definitely, definitely. And, she, she went and, through the, <laughs> the, the. The other person is Jay Klaus too. Yeah. Jay Klaus. He has an awesome show called Creative Elements, and his podcast is called Creator Science. So I, I like he's he's one of my favorite creators, and he was on the show and. I really like the way it actually wasn't on the show, but I talked to him about it. He talked about in his newsletter, he broke down the difference between a creator educator and a creator entertainer. And I think that like, as you said before, like as like the creator economy gets bigger, these like types of creators within there's yes. going to be people creating content specifically for them. And that's honestly, I think what I'm doing more on your show on my show and what you're doing is like, we're talking to more creator educators. We're talking to people that have this, this specific knowledge about, about something and they're productizing it either through videos, yes. through their podcasts, through their courses, through Services. their digital products. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Coaching one-on-one, all of that, which yeah. like is like, and what he argues is it's, it's way easier to monetize than creator entertainer, like creator entertainer. You have to go usually the brand deal route. And that, be, that leads can lead depending if you kind of built your content for it, it can lead to burnout, right? Because you're you're constantly having to like entertain these 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 corporate sponsors. Yes, I know. You can yeah. make way more money by selling your own stuff instead of promoting other yeah. people's stuff, right? Yep. Hey, you and I both are deep in the TikTok landscape, right? And you every day you dish out a lot of helpful advice to creators to help them grow their TikTok channel. So what I want to do is I want you to imagine you're speaking to a seasoned creator, but they're on Twitter and LinkedIn, okay? I'm sure you mm -hmm. know these people, right? Yeah. There's a lot of them. They yeah. have a good following on Twitter and LinkedIn. They know how to write. They have all of these systems on how to create really engaging posts, right? I, I know you know Justin Welsh. That's someone who kind of comes to mind. Yep. Justin hasn't even, I don't even think he has a TikTok account, but let's say nope. he's like, oh, Tom. I'm ready for TikTok. What is your best advice to someone like that? <laughs> I got, so that's funny. I so I, I think you've seen this probably before. I talked about it early. I don't know who talked about it the earliest though. But basically, one Twitter tweets are scripts for TikToks. They're the perfect length for TikToks. Like just just yeah. <laughs> and I experimented with this. I started just. Word your... for word, saying tweets, other people's tweets on my Twitter, and some of them have popped off. I've I've one that has like eight hundred thousand views. You know, not all of them pop off, and I honestly don't know the why. But like, I know for a fact, like it doesn't have to be complicated. You could you could read your tweets word for word. Like that's what I would do. Honestly, if I was listening and I was someone that like didn't even that wants to get into the game, the creator educator game, I would start a TikTok account because called. Justin, like 
Jay Welsh TikTok or, or like like and just make it fun and like and like have, let him know about it and be like, hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read your tweets over here on TikTok. Is that cool? And or don't even say is that cool. Just get him a bunch of and just put, he has an affiliate account. Put his affiliate in the link in your bio. But so that that's one thing. The, just like everyone, just like all these kids did with Andrew Tate, right? That, yeah, that's a little different. That's a joke. Uh, that, that's a that's joke. yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a good joke. A little different, but, but like same concept. Like so, the the one thing that to mention too is it's harder to go from TikTok and have those work on other accounts. It's actually easier to I think turn tweets, LinkedIn's, or YouTube con- content into TikToks. And the other thing is like. I think this Twitter is very similar that TikToks aren't like a like you're ju- when you make a TikTok you're jumping into the conversation. You're it's not like a one-sided thing and that YouTube's more one-sided. It's like I make this video and like yeah there's some engagement in the comments but it's like that's sort of the just the story. But TikTok is is very like it's a volume game and it's also a jump into the like participate game, right? So talk I think it's like a casual it's more of a casual type of delivery when you're on when you're on TikTok where it's like I'm just jumping into a conversation and I'm assuming my friends are here and your friends if the content is good and you come off as as like it's not this one-sided transactional style of video where you're like looking like you you need these and like obviously there's different people some people are good at so what, what, what jump into the conversation it, it like the, so, so, like uh, there is a world where uh, I'm just going to tell you my way of thinking on it. There is a world where you can do these highly produced videos, dial in the hook, like all of that, do a lot of storytelling, travel across the world. Like those things are work. I'm not interested in that, though. I want to do low lift stuff that I actually enjoy talking about. And what I join talking about is like, all right, I see someone's tweet and I like it. I would share it to a friend. Why won't I share it to TikTok? Like that's sort of my mindset for how people like Justin Welsh could use TikTok. Like, like I anything in his newsletter, he could he could take a lot of those little moments. I know Dan Co is using a lot of stuff that is in his newsletter, and he just makes them TikToks. And he's using those graphics, those black and white graphics that a lot of people are using right now. But like there, he has an abundance of content that he could go crazy with now on 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 tiktok yeah so i would like i wouldn't and and test and have that mindset that we talked about on the playground be constantly just testing like like adding new things like do i want to do green screen do i want more polished stuff the one thing i would say is don't use the alex hermosi pop-up text i think people are getting desensitized to that it's almost like remember when instagram ads were popping back in the day and they did well for a little bit. And then everyone had the same hook. And then everyone's video looked the same. And then people stopped like engaging with that. And it's the same thing with those videos. They worked for a little bit. Now it feels like once you're kind of in like the marketing bro TikTok world, every video looks like that. So people are just des- are desensitized to it. So and also I would this is a this is a major point. Do it in a way that it's sustainable to you. That's what I'm exploring with my TikTok right now. I'm doing the, the notion doc list. The, the notion list behind my head, green screen, it's easy because like it's something that I it is sustainable, right? But the part that I like is the actual writing part. So I'm testing, does this work? And I had one video that just popped off. I think it's 700,000. It has like 40,000 saves, 100,000 likes. And it's wild to me that it's simply me, a one take video reading with a green screen behind me of a notion like doc that's like 
20 seconds long. And I'm like, okay, if that can work for one, how can I redo that? And, and I'll just a quick anecdote on that. At the beginning, I don't know if you saw my videos, they were much more edited. They had the pop-up text. They had a lot of flashy like images coming in, scene cuts. And I got burned out doing that. Like it just, it stopped being enjoyable to me, but I still like creating. So I, I, I need, I'm in the process of like on that playground, kind of reinventing what I want my game to look like. So I can, I, so I'm excited to, to continue to play it. And uh, so that, that would be, yeah, that, that would be a, that would be a big, a big thing is like, like create in a way that is sustainable to you. And some people have teams, so like they can get way, way, way weirder with it. But yeah, volume game participation like not one-sided and create it in a way that is sustainable to you and and repurpose all of your bangers yeah Yo, and I, 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 I could blow up justin's justin if you're listening <laughs> i got you <laughs> yeah you know my advice i think tiktok's a great place to repurpose con your longer form content you know and i think that's just the simplest way to get started it's like you've already made the video you've already yeah. written the newsletter you've already written the linkedin post now just repurpose it yeah in a, in a, so so yeah if you're a youtube creator and you have analytics to which areas of your videos people are re-watching the most take those moments and yes. rewrite them for a tiktok video exactly. take that little moment you could even do i actually experimented with this for the podcast i did that for some of i i put my long form podcast right you can do it in a simple way i i film myself for the first three seconds and then I literally filmed the video on my computer just to see if it would work. Because I was like, all right, this is like a dumbed down version. Like it was a very raw edit. In the TikTok app, I filmed the intro. And, and then I filmed the computer for the part that was like the high retention part. And the video, it didn't blow up. I'd say like 40,000 views. But experiment with that stuff and go to the things. Repurpose the winners often. Repurpose the winners. I like that. Yeah. Hey, you've been talking to some some pretty good experts about brand deals. And so what I want to do is maybe extract some of the things you've learned to to help micro creators, you know, people around the 50 to 250,000 followers. What are some action steps yeah. do you think micro creators could do to land better, higher paying brand deals? And I I want to give you a tidbit cuz I want to know what your thoughts and in and if you're hearing this at all. So Obviously, I'm a, I am a micro creator. Six months ago, a year ago, I was getting emailed at least twice a week for brands to do a TikTok video. Obviously, I didn't. I don't accept them all. Yeah. In the last two months, it is completely dried up. I have not gotten emailed, and I, and I, and again, I could, but I have talked to a few other people who have said the same thing. I do think some brands are pulling back. A little bit. And I was wondering if you're seeing that at all or do I just <laughs> suck? How, how many followers do you have? I'm just curious. A little over 90,000. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't remember off top. But yeah. So, all right. The first thing is I have what a can lot. Micro, what I can have micro a lot creators to do this. to get some higher clearing? <laughs> okay, go ahead. You just ramble. So, on, so, this, is, this is really interesting to me. I just, all right, I'm all right. really interested so, to learn. So I... I Personally, with my accounts, I've decided that I'm not doing brand deals in short form content. And this is the reason because it's hard. There's you know, there's a lot like I'm in this space. Like I, I'm working with some people to land a bunch of creators right now. So one, 
it, when you do a brand deal in short form content, it's very hard unless you're like one of these like top like TikTok vlogger types that does like the makeup and people are going to watch her anyway and she's just incorporating the product. It's hard to do a talking head video and incorporate a brand in a seamless way. It almost becomes the whole video. Like if you think about a YouTube brand read, the video, what is it? 30 seconds? And how long is a TikTok? 30 seconds. <laughs> you know, like the video is, and, and that they aren't going to connect on the For You page. It's hard to do a good job for a brand in an organic way. And like, so th that goes to the next thing is like, I'm all about relationships. So I think the biggest thing that you can do as a micro creator to just like over the long term, make more money is build relationships with the decision makers. So when people reach out to you or like you have these connections that have reached out to you before, re-engage them, follow up, say, hey, what are your goals? What are your business outcomes that your company is looking for right now? And this is the beauty when we talk about relationships. A lot of the people like there's a high turnover rate I, I see with people that are working, the people that are managing creator brand deals with the brands, right? So they might then move to a bigger brand or move to another agency and there might be other opportunities there. So, and this is the other thing. When a, most of the people that reach out to you, it's not the brand, it's an agency. So you're getting people that are working at an agency and sometimes it's contractors that are working at the agency, agency and sometimes it's full-time employees. But it's the, an agency. The brand doesn't even know who you are. <laughs> the, brand, the brand is just approving you when they send over that list. And the brand doesn't even know also usually how much you're getting paid. They, you, they, they just give the 100K and say, hey, go get us 25 brand deals. So I realize this is what I do. I charge high, <laughs> right? I charge high knowing it's hard to get a good creator fit. Right. Because I've done this like to, for a brand, they hire someone, you go get a list of 50 tw or let's say 25 creators and they say their budget's 100,000. So the brand has this pool of money. So usually what they say is like, hey, that's too high for us. And I'm like, OK, cool. And then what happens is they go engage like seven of the creators, but the brand expects them to hire the, the, the brand gave them a hundred thousand and they still have money left over. So then they go to the people early on that initially were too expensive and they had this extra money and they're like, cool, let's throw it at them. Cause the brand doesn't again, know how much they're paying them. They just have to spend all the money. <laughs> so, so that's one way of thinking about it. Two is when you're in that exchange, talk to them about business outcomes, talk to them like this is this is a big thing that I don't see not that many people talking about. So this person engaged you. They reached out to you. What does someone want to do in their job? They want to look good to their boss so they can get a raise. So your goal isn't actually for the brand. Your goal is to make that person that reached out to you look great to that brand. Right? So you talk to that person, get them on the phone. What's the, the, what would make you look great in this? Like, is it the business outcome this brand's looking for? What are they truly looking for? Tell me what you need to make this a success for you. People, like, think about that. Like, if someone did that for me, like, I'm the next brand deal opportunity, I'm hitting that person up because they made me look good in, in that other one. Uh, so th that's a big thing is like, what would make this a win for you, the person that reached out to you? And they'll tell you, like, hey, like, we're really looking for this is one more element get good and, and study that these are the types of brand deals you want to be looking for is the ones that are also doing paid. So if they're doing paid, you can charge much more.
So if they're, so it's an organic post, then you can give them like your, your TikTok code where then they can run ads behind it. It's called allow listing or white listing. And those are the ones where you can really bank in because think about it. It's, it comes down to your personality, your likeness in that video, the messaging that you used, how you delivered that content for them to convert. Like when you're just doing an organic post, it's all, or it's all like for the, for you page, but when they're paying, they're sending your image and likeness out to hundreds and thousands of people. You get more money for that. So each month you charge, some people say like 10 to 20, I say charge 50 to 75% like, and just see what they say, right? Like, because, and but at the same time, get good at, so there's, I'm going on a rant. Tell me if I should shut up. So also the way you create content for paid and organic is different. So organic, you're, you're creating it like you would for the, for you page, the way you would, but paid is, is, is designed to convert. So very clear about the hook, the call to action, the setup, the story, like all of the things that you know that because they're guaranteed to get this in front of people. And it, it, it's very similar to the way you would write a TV commercial or a headline for uh, uh, an ad on Google search or something like that. Like if you can get good at crafting paid videos that companies are putting money behind, then once they do that one campaign, say, hey, what was the conversion rate for that? Or like how many people clicked from mine and then keep getting all of that data. So the next person that reaches out to you, then you say, here's how I perform in paid situations. Like this is, this is my example. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a couple of things there that, and, and, and paid, you can always like charge more on top of the, the price. What's your first, what is like a, how should people be negotiating? So typically a, an, Double an email, <laughs> so a typical email I get is blah, blah, blah. Tell us your rate. That's yeah, yeah, typically, yeah. okay. So, Give it, hey, how say, should people say, responding? I, I, I can't possibly, hey, hey, thank you so much for reaching out. Would love to explore this opportunity with you. Can we get on the line to discuss to, to discuss this project further? Like I want, I need to learn more about the creative. I need to learn about more about your business goals to, to be able to talk about what the price, what the, what the price would, would be for this. And you could say something I like saying, usually my rate is starting at this. Starting uh, here. Okay. Yeah, starting here because that gives you room to add right. on. Yeah, and, and and I'll tell you something from, from experience. Like I used to think from the creator's end that like I would be judged by the person's end on the other side. But I realized because I've been the person that's hiring creators that like if I want to work with someone, I almost feel bad that if if I can't pay them their rate. Like if, if I if, – if I – like I'll, I go and try to sell it to the company. Like, yo, like I feel like they deserve this. Like, I feel like this is what they want. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like on that end of the creator, like we feel like, oh, I don't want them to not work with me. You can word it in a way, say, hey, this is my price. This is what I would like typically charge. I do value this relationship and the opportunity to work with you. So let me know what, you know, what, you know, what we have to do to work together. But you can tee it up always in a way that like isn't combative. You know, like it doesn't have to be like, you know, in the movies, like this hard negotiation. It's just very much like a like keep coming back to the word collaboration. How can we make this a win for everyone? This is what I typically charge and be willing to walk away, like be 
Like it's, it's crazy the power that you have, like if you're willing to walk away, but yeah, I I think wording it in a way like, Hey, I would love to make this work. If, if this one doesn't, maybe you could consider us in the future. And, and I have done that with people. They turned down specific projects. And then I realized there was more of a budget over here for something else. And then we're like, Oh, top of mind, Sean, let, let's get him. He'd be perfect for this. Here's what I have told people. Cause my, I had a, I had a deal last year. My best deal was with Stitch Fix. And oh yeah, what I, I love did, that brand. Yeah, so what I up. did. Oh, I, oh wait, 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 wait. I want to cut you off real quick. That is another one. Ask other creators in your space if you guys can share networks. Like when yeah. I have stuff, like I'll can I'll, I'll I'll keep you top of mind. When you have stuff, you keep me top of mind, and we just make those intros. But but keep going. So I've always I what my best deal was with Stitch Fix. And I negotiated a deal for, for me to make 10 videos for $5,000 and then $2,000 in free clothes. So I realized, I was like, I'm done with this one-off video. Yes. Like, I will make, let me make more for you. Like, so that way I don't, I'm constantly, that way I can make my month, at least for that revenue portion of my business. I don't have to deal with one-off and you know, and it's these one-off deals I did, I did a lot of them and they, they just sucked. Right. And, and then I was like, wait a second, if I'm ever going to do a deal again, I want to do a bigger deal. I will make eight to 10 videos for you that you can use yeah, and to maybe drop the ones you don't like. And it was just, and they paid me within 30 days. I was like that. I was like, wake up call. It's like, that was awesome. Right. Yeah, and and that's a great example of going the relationship route. Like, hey, I want to work with you more long term here. I don't want this to just be a quick one uh-huh. one off. So, w- w- was there with that one? Did you like how that went? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and then what was their goal with that? Was that to post on your account? On their account. Their account. So it was UGC content for them. Uh huh. Got it. Correct. So that's a big difference too. So just so everyone's listening, if they asked Sean to post on his account that's obviously more money like there's different that's called cross posting so their account is UGC on his account it was it's technically influencer it's a like it's they're using the trust of his audience to get in front of so you could have been able to probably charge double or even more like like if if you went that route I I do like the if you can say hey what could we do for that's one way to word it like hey for one video Let's say I'm just going to say someone that I've worked with before. He charges $10,000 a video. Like he has a lot of Instagram followers, but for three videos, he brings it down. It's around 7,500 because at that point, you don't, you don't need to give him the creative brief again. He knows the brand, like all of the, all of the back and forth. It's still one thing back and forth. And then he's just making three videos. Go for a bigger piece of the pie. Exactly. Now a little more work, but yeah. Yeah. And, and some so, so again, I want I want to iterate this one. Agencies like you, most of the time, especially with the brands that actually pay, they have they hire out agencies. Like this one brand has a different agency for Instagram influencers, a different for YouTube influencers, a different for TikTok influencers. There's multiple agencies they're contracting for these brand deals. Build relationships with those types of people, and like they're harder to find, but as they reach out. You know, just start building your list and re-engage them, talk to them. If there's seven people, this is what I do. I'm going to tell you what I do. If there's seven people on an email, I follow up directly with all of them after the campaign. 
and I say, hey, thanks so much for working with you. It was a pleasure. Like it's all of those little things that continue to build the relationship. And and like we look at it very transactional. Oh, they reach out to me. They pay me. It's yeah, done. No, you're right. keep the conversation going. Follow them on Instagram. But like, again, that, like don't be don't be annoying about it. Like, you know, position it in a way where like you're looking for wins for them. That's another one. I say, hey, do you need creators? Do you need people that are similar and in my niche? What happens? Sean, if you connect me, it's a win for me. It's a win for you because I'm happy for you. And it's a win for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you know, sometimes they don't always want connections. But so find those agencies, lean on your current relationships and say, and sometimes it doesn't make sense to like some other creators do feel like a little competitive. Like, oh, if I, if I cut Tom in, like then that's less in the pie. Like, some people are that way, but I find that most creators in your lane, like they have, they, they mostly have like an abundance mindset about it, where it's like, yo, there, there's enough for everyone here. I don't know if you've seen this on on people's pages, people talking about this. I'm sure you have, but a lot of people right now in the TikTok world are really complaining. They're experiencing really low views, and especially views, low views being shown to their followers. And I'm yeah. one of them. My, my views are, I mean, it's down massively, like massive right now. How does a creator, how do you maintain positivity and momentum? And what, you know, just your, maybe if you have any insights, what the heck does TikTok yeah. want from us? What is going, what does the algorithm want? They want booty shaking. They want <laughs> conspiracies. That's, but that's funny you say <laughs> they, that because they, I've almost they, felt like... <laughs> Is do you think TikTok's maturing though? Yeah, yeah, I I do, I do. Just to, like it, so that was just the joke. But um, I what know, does TikTok want? TikTok wants us to be on their app, and they want to figure out how to get paid. And I don't. They want us to pay to show to yo, show did, us our. I don't know if you've seen that, right? So I have a bit of a conspiracy about why why views are so low, and that's not a conspiracy. I think it's pretty obvious. They they just they they pumped us up for a couple. Years. They said, "Yo, we're gonna." We're going to throw your stuff to everyone in the world, it, even if they don't have a, 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 a picture in their icon, even if they're user 7457-7000, we're just going to get you in front of as many people as possible. Then, do you see all of the ads to promote videos? It's all over. It's like, yeah. it's like every 10 videos, there's like an ad, like, do you have a low view? Do you have low view count? Da, 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 da. Like, like, and, and it feels like, and this is the, this is the thing that, that, that is the most, was the most surprising to me. It was the fact, not, not surprising, the most, the, the most telling about where their head's at. They position the videos as if they're talking to like a 19 year old girl trying to get clout on TikTok. Like they're like, oh, do you want do you do you want to be popular and have a big TikTok channel? Like, did it did it? Like, oh, then you should pay. But then at the end of the video, it says like, this is for TikTok, like for TikTok business. But they're positioning it towards individuals. It's mm -hmm. not for like the way they're positioning it. It's for like the individual to feel better about themselves. And I'm like, yo, that is wild. So one thing I do think TikTok is trying to figure out like ways to make money now and so they're targeting individuals to to boot, promote their posts to to keep those numbers up because once you pull those numbers down it, it there is it's like a visceral feeling like oh like i'm not good enough but like the content we're making isn't much different you know that <laughs> yeah you know, I, I was just talking about that like so because i've been doing those videos that 
the the talking head videos the, the it's it's the notion green screen like like ideas behind my uh -huh. head and I, and I'm reading it directly word for word it's like it, there's no frills about it like I've dumped it down so much and the point of being that is I looked at what I enjoyed most and I'm getting to the point here like what do I enjoy about this, pr this process the most? And I really like the concept phase. I really like the idea of creating this, this thought bubble that is able to make someone think. And that's the point. Like, I don't need a lot of flashy video, like I like to do that. And so I experimented with that. And some of my videos, like they flopped for a little bit, then one video after three weeks. And like, I felt the way you felt, right? Like, I was like, man, like this stinks. Like nothing's connecting. And then after three weeks, one just went crazy and it's the one that has a hundred thousand likes now it jumped me like six thousand followers it, it what's crazy is i didn't feel good about myself and then it's the same video like i didn't do anything new then the algorithm decided and i'm like what is that and like that's when i realized we have to create our own creator dashboard so jack conti talks about the creator dashboard effect of youtube where like like YouTube gives you a score based on like how good your video is. Right. It like, and like he talks about like how all the little metrics in that, like dictate like how we feel and then how we feel dictates our actions and like how we think about our brand and how we create our content. And like all of that just has such a cascading effect on like all of our experience throughout the day. So I just realized that like, yo, we have to make our own creator dashboard. And like, basically that's the metrics that you value. So one for me, it's like the metrics that I value is like every single morning for 30 minutes, like writing free flowing. And like that is on my creator dashboard. Another one is YouTube or, or TikTok saves, not likes, not engagement rate, not like saves because saves means like that connected. So like if I think about like I want to make content that connects with people, well, what's a better metric than saving it and like or favoriting it so you can watch it again? And so for me, it's the shares. Yeah, I'm the shares with the shares. shares. So go into that, like lean into that. Like, like I think that there should be like on your creator dashboard, it should be the like something around the process, the process that is enjoyable to you. That's why like it was even more like when I was editing the videos like crazy, it was more demoralizing when I would like edit something and I really think I have a banger and it would be a dud because I would put so much work into it and then it would be a dud. So I'm like, why am I putting so much work into it when there's doesn't seem to be that much of a rhyme or reason besides like consistency a, a lot of the consistency with and jay klaus talks about this with like observing the feedback like consistency with like the the focus and desire to improve right like consistency just like throwing stuff out but like i'm really like and like you have to decide what you want to prove is it more production quality or is it like the messaging or is it your tone or your delivery or the confidence so I think create your own creator dashboard, make like three to four things that matter more to you than whether or not the algorithm just decides to send this, this freaking video to 700,000 because I made the same video and I just let this platform decide how I felt about myself, even though nothing changed, right? It yeah, just decided like in that machine. moment. I mean, yeah, that's really what I'm saying. So like, it's like, imagine a slot machine dictating how you feel about yourself, right? Like, like that, that makes no sense. So yeah. create your own creator dashboard. I think that's, that's one thing. And then again, go back to the sustainable content, like something that you enjoy, like something that like you would say to a friend at the airport, or someone just met you and like, 
it's the thing that you want to talk about. I think that's important because when you're making stuff that you don't want to talk about and the algorithm isn't being friendly to you, like that's that's when it's like it's definitely no fun to create. Real quick, if if TikTok were to hire you to come in and be CEO. I like, I like how you said real quick because you know I'll go off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to respect your time, so I want nah, to try nah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, I appreciate what it. What changes do you think would you would make to the app to make TikTok better? Yeah, I read this question and I think it's a great question. Hey, and by the way, I, I appreciate you for having me on. You're a great host. I'm excited about this next phase of your brand, Creator School, and I'm excited to promote this show. I just want to say Thanks. that uh, while it's top of mind. You, so, so I, I have something comments are a real issue. And I think just like the ability across the board for like anyone to just like, and I see it a lot with like, I know comments affected me way more earlier in my, in my career. And like, I can't imagine like being in high school and like, or like exploring your creative ideas and like some person with like, has, is like, is like making fun of you in some way like you see this all the time in, in people's comments especially especially like entertainment like anyone can chime in i think that there's got to be a better way like like i don't know if they could ever do this but one you can't comment unless you're a mutual friend or if you have an average of three videos a, if you're if you're averaging posting three videos a week yourself for three months straight if you don't do that you don't get to comment because it's like it's like the fans talking about what's going on in the game, but like oh, yeah. the players only really know what's going on and like should have the right to, to players to, versus so, the fans. That is yeah. such a great point. I've never really thought like, you're right. There's players and yeah. then there's all of these fans that, but yeah, and, 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 and a lot of fans that. show a lot of love. Right. And that, and that's yes, beautiful. That's... And I feel like I'm just trying to figure out like, like th that's like a weird like catch. Like, but like I'm saying people chime in on how you should be living. Like I see people like they, they they'll post like, like like house tour vlogs and people are like roasting their style in their house. I'm like, what like what time do you have on your hands to be talking about like like the the things on their countertop right now? You know, like that's crazy to me. So I feel like if there were just rules, yo, you gotta post content to comment. Very simple. Or you gotta be a mutual. Or I gotta like I gotta give you more clearance. But just. I know that I know how that can be bringing down, be affecting kids mentally, like you know, younger who are just getting started trying to explore their creativity. Just random people weighing in, it, and all it takes is one, to just be like an a a hole for them to be like, oh, this isn't for me. It's not worth it. The other so, one is go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. So the other one would be this would be an interesting one. Give like you can clearly see a rating for how negative you are. So if you're the type of person that sprays. 25 negative comments on people's account like i can see on your like it like somehow shows up like it's like i don't know what it is but like yeah, something like funny. like 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 you can't be an invisible bully anymore like that's that's what <laughs> i'm trying to get you're not an invisible at. bully that's funny. yeah it actually shows like a bully meter <laughs> yeah yeah i'm serious like like that on your if if because because here's the thing this is another theory that i have if you can comment and some of these comments are funny like some of these comments are creative if you can comment, you have the ability to be a creator. You're just afraid. 
Like you don't have the guts that that person has to put that content out. So you'd rather be an invisible Billy, Billy, invisible bully. See, I'm going to get bullied for that and, and try to bring people down because they're actually doing something. The other one is sell digital products through TikTok. I think that would be a, a major upgrade. Like if they could just be Gumroad or be teachable, <laughs> you know, uh, I think that what? would be a, a huge upgrade. <laughs> hey, I love this. Tom, you're great. I definitely want to have you back when you, when you got a, I definitely want to have it back because I think you're going to evolve into a pretty large creator in this space. So I think we'll be able to look back on this show and be like, look where you were, Tom, man. Look how yeah. far you've come, right? Yep. Thanks, Tom. This was great. I know my audience is going to really enjoy you. So they can find you. What is your handles? Bonus footage on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. And then Creators Are Brands is the website. And then search that on all podcast platforms. Perfect. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate Amazing. you. Yep. Thank you.